and this is Reverend Billy from Earth Riot Radio in lovely downtown New York City in the East Village, sitting here in the Church of Stop Shopping, affectionately called the Earth Church. We're back from our winter break and Savitri D. From the news from the natural world, upcoming in a few minutes, Savitri and Silver, Silver Pandolfino from the base section of the Church of Stop Shopping Choir. Well, you're just out of jail, aren't you? Trying to get between a macho chainsaw man and a lovely, beloved tree named Matilda. Thank you for your bravery. We're glad you're out. And speaking of bravery, the people in California, oh, we're going to be speaking to the artists of California and our friends on the radio stations of California, and I know that some of you are podcasting, downloading us on your, your, your computers in the, the storms that are coming down upon you from the atmospheric rivers, they call them. These rivers of air laden with moisture that usually stay up in the atmosphere, way up high, but now they're coming down and the earth is singing this fierce song. And Neil Young with Love Earth, he is communicating with the earth's communication with us. There's a duet there. We have a conversation going on with the earth. And I think, I think this, is, this is the way the First Nations people talk about the earth. We have judgmental words, disasters, natural disasters, and, and bomb cyclones, and extinction. These are, these, are, these are words of violence. They're military-sounding words. But that's not what the earth is doing. And I think our First Nation friends in the community of KCEI, uh, especially right there, the Hopi Pueblo, and uh, up in uh, WOJB, the Ojibwe people. We, we, have, we have people listening to me right now who wouldn't use that harsh, judgmental descriptions of what the earth is doing. In fact, the earth loves us. The earth loves life. And what is going on right now is a struggle to live by the earth. And we're going to find a way to join up. We're going to talk with the earth and join in. But I'd like to go right now to some of the, the birds that fly up in that atmospheric river. <laughs> some of them fly for days at California condors. I think of frigate birds. Right now, let's go to a bird called the albatross. The albatross. We're going to ask you, please, Translate for us what the earth is saying to us with these storms. Earth Hallelujah.
Let's you and me go swimming in the dead zone sea. In the dead zone sea. De demonize the Wuhan bat. De demonize the Wuhan bat. The civet cat goes free. The civet cat goes free. Let's you and me go climbing. Up the blackened mountain side, up the blackened mountain side. Apologize to the beating side. Apologize to the beating side. We lost the last word. 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 Let's you and me go flying. Take a rocket to the innocent free. Breathe the smog of broken data. Crash in the crime of the tree. Let's you and me go dying. With the race to end our race. Look up from the mirror and into the Embrace what isn't there. Let's go for a swim in the raging flood of Mother Earth self care. Mother Earth self care. Mother Earth self care. Mother Earth self care. Mother Earth self based in a social science, folks. It's based in social movement theory. Now, what that means is that Extinction Rebellion has been based on momentum-driven organizing. What we do with that is we define our principles and values, and anybody who wants to take action in the name of Extinction Rebellion is welcome, so long as they meet our principles and values. That's how you decentralize a movement and allow it to spread. People don't have to ask for permission before they take action. And one of our principles and values is about regenerative cultures. We want to do this in the spirit of, of there's logic here in the social science of why we do this. It's based in logic, but fundamentally and beyond that, it's based in love. So many rebels, before they go and they take their action, they make a solemn intention. They offer their act of civil disobedience as a form of prayer in service to life. And here's a, a solemn intention that many rebels have taken. They say, let's take a moment, this moment, to consider why we are here. 
Let's remember our love for this beautiful planet that feeds, nourishes, and sustains us. Let's remember our love for the whole of humanity in all corners of the world. Let's recollect our sincere desire to protect all for ourselves, for all living beings, and for generations to come. As we act today, may we find the courage to bring a sense of peace, love, and appreciation to everyone we encounter, to every word we speak, and to every action we make. We are here for all of us. It's a prayer, it's an act of love. Environmental challenges are dynamically generated within the dominant global culture, principally by the mismatch between short-term scale market and political forces driving resource extraction use and longer time scale accommodations of the Earth system to these changes. Increasing resource demand is leading to the development of two-way non-linear interactions between human societies and environmental systems that are becoming global in extent. Either through globalized markets and other institutions or through coupling to global environmental systems such as climate. These trends are further intensified by dissipation reducing technological advances in transactions, communication and transport, which suppress emergence of longer time scale economic and political levels of description facilitate long-distance connections and by predictive environmental modeling which strengthens human connections to a short-term scale virtual earth and weakens connections to the larger time scales of the actual earth environmental management seeks to steer fast scale economic and political interests of a coupled human environmental system towards longer time scale consideration of benefits and costs by operating within the confines of the dominant culture using a linear engineering type connection to the system perhaps as an evidenced by widespread inability to meaningfully address such global environmental challenges as climate change and soil degradation as acidifying oceans, nonlinear connections reduce the ability of managers to operate outside coupled human human environmental systems, decreasing their effectiveness and steering towards sustainable interactions resulting in managers slaved 
to short, to intermediate, the dynamics of the global coupled human environmental system within the dominant culture precludes a management for stable, sustainable pathways and promotes promotes it's 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 instability Hello, welcome to News from the Natural World. I'm Savitri D. California is underwater, facing intense flooding in multiple regions with at least 19 lives lost so far and nearly 100,000 people evacuated from their homes. The floods are due to recurrent waves of atmospheric rivers. These rivers are air currents that carry large amounts of water vapor through the sky. Extreme precipitation is getting more frequent with warmer climate, and recent studies suggest that climate change is increasing the frequency and magnitude of storm sequences like the ones currently impacting California. The state is also under a severe drought. The National Oceanic and Atmospheric Administration released its annual billion-dollar disasters report on January 10, 2023. Even with a just average hurricane season, 2022 had the third highest number of billion dollar disasters in the U.S. since 1980. In all, 18 disasters each caused more than $1 billion in damage. The list includes three hurricanes, two tornado outbreaks, a destructive fire season, several extreme storms, and a drought that disrupted sectors across the economy. It was also the third costliest year, compared to past years adjusted for inflation, due primarily to Hurricane Ian's widespread damage in Florida. Together, the 2022 disasters topped $165 billion, not counting the damage still being tallied from December's extreme winter storms. African elephant numbers have dropped from about 26 million in the 1800s to 415,000 today. While this is largely due to European colonization, poaching, and habitat loss, these majestic animals now face another grave challenge. Climate change is causing droughts in much of Africa to become longer and more severe. This damages elephant habitats and denies them the water they need. Due to their unique physiology, African elephants need hundreds of liters of water each day to survive. Drought reduces the availability of food, causing elephants to starve. It can also mean young elephants die or don't develop properly because their parched mothers produce less milk. People who eat just one U.S. freshwater fish a year are likely to show a significant increase of a cancer-causing chemical in their bloodstream, new research warns. An analysis of U.S. government data derived from more than 500 fish samples revealed that the majority of fish living in streams, rivers, and lakes across the country are contaminated with PER and polyfluoroalkyl substances, or PFAS, at levels almost 300 times higher than found in fish from other sources, including ocean and farmed fish, according to the paper published recently in the journal Environmental Research. ExxonMobil scientists knew about human-driven climate change as far back as the 70s, and they also studied the looming crisis with computer models that were every bit as accurate and skillful as those used by the world's leading researchers. Despite that knowledge, the oil giant kept up its public denials that burning fossil fuels posed a threat to the planet. 
A peer-reviewed assessment in the prestigious journal Science sheds new light on the divide between Exxon's internal knowledge and its public position on climate change, an issue first detailed in news reports in 2015. It comes as Exxon and other oil giants face a growing number of lawsuits from cities and states, alleging they marketed fossil fuels despite knowing they were the source of the damage that was occurring from climate change. Under one metric, Exxon proved more precise than famed NASA climate scientist James Hansen, who first brought global warming to Congress's attention in 1988. Climate activists have been fortifying the tiny hamlet of Lutzerath in western Germany, hoping to stop it from being raised to make way for the expansion of an open-pit coal mine that has already swallowed more than 20 other villages. This week, columns of security personnel poured in, dismantling tree houses and detaining dozens of demonstrators, some who had been there for two years. Although the German government has pledged to exit coal by 2030 amid the war in Ukraine and the scramble to replace cheap natural gas supplies from Russia, officials say the coal underneath the village is essential. Germany's coal production is rising again after years of decline. It increased by nearly 20 million tons between 2020 and 2021. A curious phenomenon can be spotted on the glaciers of North America in the summer. Little black ice worms emerge en masse from their frozen homes beneath the glacier. The peculiar ice worms are around one centimeter long and dark brown to black in color. They look like loose pieces of string strewn across the snow on glaciers and emerge in very large numbers. As many as five billion live in each glacier. The worms contain antifreeze proteins that stop them from turning into icicle worms on the frosty glacier. They engage in a mysterious reverse hibernation as they emerge after winter fatter than they are by the end of summer. Their reproductive cycle remains mysterious as it takes place completely under the ice. The worms are threatened by rising global temperatures and climate change. The newly appointed president of the next international climate conference known as COP28 is the CEO of one of the world's largest oil companies and has been branded a climate criminal by UK Green MP Caroline Lucas. Dr. Sultan Al-Jabbar is the group chief executive of Abu Dhabi National Oil Company. A pound of red onions now costs more than a pound of beef in the Philippines. Onions are a staple in Filipino cuisine. The country is facing a national onion shortage as inflation hikes prices and climate change continues to wreak havoc on crops. As of Wednesday, local red onions cost as much as $4.50 per pound, more than a pound of beef or a whole chicken. The U.S. and Mexico share underground water basins that span more than 121,500 square miles of the borderlands, but the two countries have no regulations for managing those common aquifers, in part because historically very little was known about them. On December 28th, researchers released the first complete map of the groundwater basins that span the U.S.-Mexico boundary. It demarcates 72 shared aquifers, a striking contrast to the country's previous official count of 11. Many of the aquifers appear to be in remarkably good health. Manatee deaths dropped in 2022 from a record high the year before, but Florida wildlife officials said Wednesday that chronic starvation caused by water pollution remains a major concern. 
Researchers and scientists at the Natural History Museum have described 351 new species in 2022 and given them all scientific names so they can be better protected. The newly named species include 34 species of moths, three extinct dinosaurs, and 19 new species of stick insects. There's a new species of gecko from the Seychelles, two bumblebees from Asia, seven species of frogs, including six tiny Mexican frogs, smaller than a one-penny coin. Eighty-five new moss species were described and named, featuring a beautiful parasitic species with extraordinary feather-like wings. Other fascinating creatures include a centipede with a number of segments that's never been seen by scientists before, seven species of new flies, and two polychaic worms discovered in the depths of the ocean. Three new species of minerals were described, 11 new algaes, both extinct and extant, and even four new species of plants from across southern Asia. And now the sounds of extinction. No rhinos in the Kazaranga National Park were lost to poaching in 2022 marking a first for the protected nature reserve since 1977. The reserve in India's Assam state is the world's largest for the great one-horned rhinoceros, or Rhinoceros unicornis, and is home to around 2,200 of them, making up the majority of their global population. Kazaranga Park was given the status of a UNESCO World Heritage Site in 1985, but according to a report from Reuters, experienced around 190 rhino deaths due to poaching between 2000 and 2021. The rate increased in 2013 and 2014, during which time around 27 rhinos were being killed annually. Thanks to the hard work of task forces on the ground in Assam and excellent technology, the Kazaranga National Park did not lose a single rhino to poaching in 2022, for the first time since 1977. And hear the sound of rhinoceros unicornis at home in the Kazaranga National Park in India. finally come the water and the wind now it has begun is this some kind of war the sea won't say a word the weatherman's up for now it has begun the storm has finally come my neighbors in the street it rushes like a storm you're caught in it waist deep What an energized retreat Do you think you can compete 
the storm has finally come. The drowning and the dead, now it has begun. My breath is out of reach, death makes its final speech. Did this storm come from me? Did this storm come from me? Now I know the truth, the waves break on the roof. Where is my higher ground? It's down there with my town. I'm praying round and round. Am I living to be found? A body in the sound. Running round and round. Now it has begun. The storm has finally come. The sea begins to speak. Turn, she says, face me. Now it has begun. Take me to the deep. Take me to the deep. Take me to the deep. And time to say thank you and goodbye. Well, I'm thinking about all the people out in Santa Barbara and Ventura and up in Marin County and down in Port Reyes and Santa Cruz. And up along the coast, we have radio stations that carry this message. And here I am sitting saying, oh, my God, the atmospheric rivers are teaching us. And well, I, I, I feel glib. I feel like I do mean it. The earth is teaching us, but I, I want you to know that I respect. We are thinking of you and wish you safety. Neil Young, I want to thank you for getting us going here with that lifting, lilting song, Love Earth. And that's from his new, his new album, which is all earth-related songs. It's called World Record. Good name for a record. World Record. Thank you, Neil. Swimming. That song, sung by Sundar Gangwani, John Carlin, Carl Hallberg from the Stop Shopping Choir, Gail Bradbrook, well, co-founder of that worldwide movement called Extinction Rebellion, showing us the spiritual side of XR, the prayer that they, 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 they say before risking arrest together. Savajudi went straight from that jail to, rhymes with Gail, straight from that jail to the microphone to give you the uh, news from the natural world. Thank you, Savi. Shilpa Narayan, Shilpa from the Stop Shopping Choir, uh, singing, well, we composed that song about the storm after another hurricane, Florence in North Carolina. You remember that one? I missed something, haven't I? The, oh yes, the Fiery Eagles of Justice. Well, that's Jason Candler, the editor of this Earth Riot half hour. Thank you, Jason. And on drums, Brendan Burke. And I took the vocals of that ridiculous lecture on how we are screwing up. So thank you, everybody. We're just our hearts and our thoughts, our prayers are with all the people in harm's way right now. 
We hope you can somehow be safe and dry and warm. Everybody, thank you. This is Reverend Billy. Some of you will be joining me tomorrow here at the Earth Church in the East Village, 3 p.m. in downtown New York. Somebody give me an Earth, hallelujah. Yeah.